Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, Derek here for episode 35 of Gamer Heroes. I am Derek, I've got my buddy John with me. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, it's good to be back. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. It is good to be back, it's always good to talk to you. we got so much to talk about today, man. We've got Halo news, FIFA news, uh, BlizzCon, Stardew Valley, Sony and PlayStation stuff, and I actually got my hands on an SNES Classic. Yeah, weren't those weren't people being told that they uh, weren't going to get them and they got them and they were their shipment was canceled, but then it still came. <laughs> um, mine was a little complicated, so I pre-ordered mine when all the big pre-orders were happening, and I was able to get one from Walmart.com. And at first, it told me that Friday, October 9th was going to be the date that I'd receive it, and then that got moved up to uh, the 3rd. And then when the console released, it still hadn't shipped. And so I was a little nervous about that, so I, I uh, chatted with Walmart online, and they told me that the warehouse, the distribution center that was shipping to me, was out of stock. So it was very likely that my order was just going to be canceled in three to ten days. See, that's ridiculous. I, I, so have I, you I ever experienced something like that before? Um, not to my knowledge, not that I can remember. Uh, but I waited. I waited, you know, through uh, through the weekend, and then um, on Monday it still said that I was going to get it delivered on Tuesday. So I chatted again and got basically the same answer, and then. Tuesday morning, I get a shipping notice, and it was delivered today. Uh, Wednesday is the day we're recording this, so it was a day later than the revised timeline, but still two days earlier than the original line, so I'm not complaining. Uh, but I did. I got it, and I was able to play it for a little bit as well, and I did a unboxing video, which is up on our YouTube uh, channel, so if you go to heroespodcast.com or uh, at Heroes Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, you can get to our YouTube and check out my unboxing video. Uh, but we'll get into that. We'll talk a bit about it. Um, before we get into a bunch of detail, though, John, we are moving to a new day. We are, and it's not because we hate Wednesdays, but we uh, actually love Tuesdays better. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to be airing on Tuesdays, recording on Mondays from this point forward. Yeah. So. I know that may be a little little confusing, but um, you should definitely come by and check it out. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff happening along with that, a lot of new shows on the Heroes Podcast Network. Isn't that true? We do. Yeah, we have a ton of new shows, which is really exciting. 
Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so you're going to get two episodes of this fairly close back to back because this will come out on Friday, and then we'll have a new episode on Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribing and all that. Um, but yeah, we just launched a new Star Trek series called Red Shirts and Runabouts that comes out every Thursday. And you can check that out. We are two episodes in as of this episode's release. And we've got a couple more shows in the works. Maybe one that will come out in October. I'm going to tease something there, uh, which is kind of cool. So uh, lots of cool stuff going on. You know, we'll be at Kansas City Comic Con in November, our first convention appearance. And we'll be uh, hosting some panels and doing some raffles and other things. So be sure to check us out. We'll be pretty involved if you're local, so you'll be able to talk to us, go to a panel, and um, ask some questions if you have any. You know, hey, how was your stellar acting preparation for our (laughs) Patreon video? Yes, so if you don't know, we did a big Patreon video. We started a new series on Patreon uh, that comes out monthly where we – basically reenact in a, in a humorous kind of low budget way, an iconic movie scene. And we picked Quentin Tarantino as our first, uh, genre, I guess, of his own. And we, uh, we did our scene and John is the star. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, I was, uh, I was angry Samuel. Like who doesn't want to be an angry Samuel once in a while. So <laughs> now it was awesome. <laughs> right now, the video is only available to Patreon contributors. So if you want to get an early look at it, uh, go to patreon.com slash heroes podcasts. And uh, the entry is as little as a dollar, but every bit helps. And you'll get access to it now as well as early access to every monthly video that we'll be doing. Um, in October, we'll be doing something. I believe we're doing Hocus Pocus. If not, it will be kind of horror Halloween related Um which should be fun, and I think we'll probably end up doing something Star Wars-like in December, I would imagine. So I would hope so. You know, you'll just have to wait and see, right? So, <laughs> uh, but uh, but go uh, check that out. It's a, it, it was a ton of fun. It was a really good time. So, all right, man. Well, let's let's talk video games. Let's do this. Um, what is going on with the new PlayStation Four 5.0 firmware update? So I uh, installed it as it came out. Um, they just changed a, bu- a few things. They one of the biggest things is they um, they increased the performance, but they added some features that I think are actually really nice. So one of the big ones would be on the quick menu. You can now not not only can you customize it, but you, you can actually now disable pop ups. So while you're playing videos games. Um, I don't know about you guys, but if you have a lot of friends on the PSN or you have a lot of, um, I don't know, notifications happening at all, all the time, you get this annoying little ding pop up every single, every minute, every five minutes, and it's uh, it's very frustrating. So that's a very nice little, um, I guess I'd call it a convenience, <laughs> but they use this as an example they uh, ran Uncharted 4 with this new update, and it's like a jet engine. So basically Uncharted 4, if you've played it and you've played it on your PS4, you will, you will notice that your PlayStation is working very hard. Um, this new update should help with the efficiency on that. So 
That's really really the covers most of the update. It was a big one. This is a a full step to a 5.0 firmware, which is um you know, which is a big deal. Yeah, it's it's That's always really good it. to see that type of improvement, especially on a console that's been out for a couple of years, you know, to know that they're still putting their effort into it. Um I have not downloaded the update yet cuz I haven't played my PS4 in about 3 days, so um I got to go download that. I mean, I guess there are some other things that are important, but um, Sony still has some other news. Apparently, their their big boss man, um, Andrew House, just uh, just left. Yeah, after six years well, that, <laughs> of service. Well, that's the thing. Six years as the CEO. This dude has been with the company since 1990. Oh my gosh! You know, he, that's right. He he has been working with them for 27 years. And he just decided to step away pretty suddenly um, to – and this, this is a quote from a Polygon article uh, – that he uh, plans to spend more time with his family before starting a new career in the entertainment industry, which, I mean, he's already in the entertainment industry, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. But uh, that, That's the part that kind of threw me off because – <laughs> it's Sony. You're, you're like they own almost every freaking um, every studio, every <laughs> every type of entertainment you can really think of. Sony probably provides something or has a hand in it, which is really weird statement. Yeah. It is strange. It definitely is. Um, so uh, it looks like he uh, he's going to be replaced by John Kodera, who uh, he. Uh, He's with Sony now. He's uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment's deputy president and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they're not bringing in somebody new or, or anything like that. Um, he's He's been around. Uh, Kodera has been around for a while with, with Sony and helped uh, basically introduce different things like PlayStation View and all their kind of uh, streaming services, you know, the music and video stuff, all that. So he's more right. of a multimedia kind of guy, which um, – Will be interesting, I think. Yeah, so that means they might, um, you know, being the CEO, you probably get to make some big decisions on direction. I wonder if they'll start heading in that direction, more media, maybe more mobile, maybe even a new handheld, even though they shut that down. Well, I, mean, I, I hope they don't go too far into the media category because um, one of the things I like about the PS4 over the Xbox One is that it doesn't have all that extra stuff as overhead. You know, the Xbox One well, is an entertainment console. The PlayStation 4 is a gaming console. Something I do want to say, though, which I have – it's raised my eyebrows a couple times. Um, this PlayStation View, do you know what that is? That's their do you TV. Know what that it's, is? it's their TV service, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually they're starting to stream um, live football games now, mm -hmm. which is very interesting to me because um, – you know, now, now that's that's definitely delving into media, but we're we're talking about now you're becoming a cable service as well. So I mean, if you're talking entertainment, you're you're covering every basis at this point. So, like you said, they're they're getting bigger and they're getting more about it. I mean, I just saw the ad for that weeks ago, and I thought that was very interesting that they were able to get live TV. So who knows? Yeah, I mean. <sighs> In today's world, especially with Sony having its own movie production company that's had a lot of financial issues as of late, um, this could be an opportunity for them to bring that back around. 
What do you mean by financial issues? I don't. I never perceived oh, them as struggling. The movie, the movie part is the Sony Pictures oh. has, has basically shown a loss every quarter for the last you know year, year and a half. Um, while That's so just that, how does that happen? They they're like one of the big ones. They are, but you have to keep in mind that they're trying to play up against Disney and Warner Brothers and things like that who are doing very well with the superhero genre, and Sony only really has Spider-Man. Well, by partnering with Marvel, I think that was a clever, good decision because <laughs> that, that definitely made Homecoming very much more popular. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely true, but they had a financial deal with, with Marvel Studios, so they don't really get to keep all that money. Um, I forget what the split was, but but yeah. So anyway, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if Sony takes a little more control of their own destiny here and tries to come up with a profit by leveraging their hardware. Um, with the PlayStation Four having such a huge in- installation base already, if they can really launch their own streaming platform that's successful and can compete, then they can make a lot yeah. of money back. Yeah, that would be ideal. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Microsoft. What has Microsoft got going on? Sure. So not a lot for Microsoft recently. Of course, you know, we've had all the Scorpio stuff, but this is different. Um, they are launching, and they they do stress this is not a game. It's more of an experience um, as an introduction to Halo AR. They're calling mixed reality, augmented reality, whatever you want to call it. Um, not pure VR. It's mixed reality. And it's called Halo Recruit. It was originally designed really as a development tool for uh, 343 and Microsoft to, uh, to kind of understand what they could do with Halo and augmented and virtual reality. But it will be free to play at Microsoft stores um, across the country starting on October 17th. Um, and if you uh, if you happen to have a uh, a VR headset of some kind compatible with Windows. Um, I think you need the Windows MR headset, which I'm not familiar with that model. Uh, yeah, then, I was just about to say, where's that fall? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. But if you have something like that, uh, you can actually download it for free on your Windows machine and play it. Um, I actually might have to go to the mall and check this out at the Microsoft Store because you know they're talking about how there's going to be like a warthog in there and you're going to be able to come like face-to-face to Covenant and and things like that, and that just sounds really awesome as someone who I've been playing Halo since the beginning. Um, it's the main reason I still ha- I still buy the Xbox is to play Halo. So I'm curious to see if that's kind of their big push is really to use Halo to launch the Xbox, you know, VR, AR experience. Yeah, I, I think we should do a short video of us reviewing that. <laughs> at the mall? Go try that. <laughs> yeah, at the mall. <laughs> Go try it and then uh, do a short video, see if it worked. <laughs> I'm cool with that, man. We could definitely do that. Yeah. That's really interesting because, like, uh, at first I thought they were talking VR, but um, as long as they imp- they learned from Pokemon Go's <laughs> uh, best and worst, <laughs> um, I think it be, could be really cool. They, it sounds like they've been working on this for a while, so. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, Pokemon Go is one of those games that that's the the lowest stage of augmented reality, right? Because you don't even have to use it. You know, I keep that off, and so it's really just a GPS tracker um, at this point. But uh, augmented reality has some interesting implications, and I like the idea of 
it being such a massive franchise like Halo, but I'm still not super sold on AR versus VR as it comes to gaming. When it comes to professional life, um, you know, inventory, the medical field, science, things like that, AR is awesome. But when it comes to gaming, you know, I don't really want to be walking around a park playing against invisible stuff that nobody else can see. Uh, that's just me. But for VR, yeah, I'll right. sit in my living room with a headset on, you know, or, or stand or whatever, um, and play a game in that environment. That's totally different. So I kind of hope it goes that route. Yeah, no, I totally understand that, and that's kind of kind of where I fall as well. Is the AR to me? It's just it's not enough. I mean, it's it, the novelty wore off with Pokemon Go quite quickly for me. Mm. You know, at first you're like, oh man. Hey, there's a Pokemon sitting in a urinal, um, and that's funny, <laughs> but it's only funny once, yeah. maybe twice. Right, right, right. Yeah, I no, got gotcha. you. And I think it it didn't help with the Pokemon Go that you're, you know, you're you're bound to this little screen and this mm-hmm. camera, this shitty camera. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. When, when people want to use Pokemon Go as an example of AR, it's just not a very good example because it's an optional no. feature that's not a core component of the game. Right. I and I don't I don't even take it serious. Let's just be honest. Yeah. No one really takes it serious. So, yeah. Oh well. That, I mean, Microsoft has uh, has done very well in. Um, I mean, Xbox. It's not quite as successful, but it's still a good machine. So. Well, you know, yeah, each I, I generation when it comes different. to stuff like that. The, the, yeah. the, the 360, you know, was more successful than the PS3, and now it's Sony's turn. Um, but what I think is important here is if, if you look at the video game kind of industry as a whole, one of the major ways, well, the major way Nintendo has been able to continue to be successful, even when they have had what the what we would call a failure, like the Wii U or, or maybe even the GameCube, um, is their first party IP. Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, Metroid, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas with Microsoft, you know, they have Halo, they have Forza, they have Dead Rising, they have Gears of War. Um, Sony has, you know, yeah. The Last of Us, uh, for example. And so it, it might be important now that Sony is in the lead for Microsoft to lean on that their IP and focus on bringing what is exclusive, legitimately exclusive, to Xbox into you know, the next generation of gaming. Absolutely, and it's I, I didn't even know about this uh, Microsoft M3 or whatever that headset. Um, the MR, yeah. You would think in in my head, I would think that they would be really pushing for their version of a VR. I mean, it's kind of weird to think that Sony did it first. Well, I mean, so Microsoft had the technology with their HoloLens, but it wasn't really consumer-ready. And so everybody thought that it was going to end up being um, it was going to end up being a Scorpio thing. But uh, right. it turned out not to be the case. A Scorpio does, does not even uh, support um, VR technology at the moment. I'm not obviously, you know, a firmware update or something like that. Um, would be able to uh, to fix that, but in this case, uh, you know, the, the MR headset probably just, you know, I, I'm assuming that stands for mixed reality, and any Windows compatible headset would work. So, you know, Samsungs or maybe even the Vive from HTC, uh, as long as it's compatible with Windows, then I'm sure it's fine. Right. I'm just saying they've got so much um, everything 
just about everything. Windows is a great OS, so it, it runs just about anything and everything. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some new technology like that come out more often. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. You, I noticed uh, you had something you wanted to say about BlizzCon. Speaking, we're, we're just going to jump from company to company I here, know, right? Mixing it up. Um, yeah. So BlizzCon, of course, is Blizzard Entertainment's uh, yearly convention. Well, usually yearly. They they've skipped it uh, once or twice, but uh, it's in November, and they just released the schedule for it. It's a two day con, November third and fourth. And so, if you go out to uh, BlizzCon.com, there is a schedule available that will tell you exactly when everything's happening. So, of course, opening ceremonies at 11 a.m. Pacific time in the uh, the Mythic Room, which is the main events hall D. And I will be there for that. I'm very excited. Yay. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, but I'm like, I'm super disappointed though because the entire weekend there are two, literally two slots for Diablo stuff. One on Friday and one on Saturday, and that's it. And they're short. Um, the one on Friday is a half an hour, and the one on Saturday is also half an hour. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that, that's not a good sign, right? That means we're not going to get much for Diablo? Well, we already knew that there wasn't going to be any like major announcements. At least that's what they've said. Now, part of me, and I think this is wishful thinking, but if I turn out to be right, then you know, I told you so. But I'm wondering if maybe they do have a surprise. You know, when Overwatch was announced originally at BlizzCon a few years ago, nobody had any clue that that was coming. You know, we were sitting there during the opening ceremonies and just blindsided by a trailer that looked like a Pixar movie. So it's possible that they've got something planned here for Diablo, and they're just not telling us about it yet. Um, But with that said, the schedule is pretty packed here. So I'm not really sure when Diablo stuff would be slotted in unless it was unless it was going to be in the evenings, you know, at like 5 or 6 o'clock. And, I mean, there's still stuff going on because of all of the eSports that they have, all the world championships. Um, but, That's super cool. I can't wait to see some coverage on that. Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, it's my favorite time of year. I've uh, This will be my third in four years. I did the virtual ticket last year uh, to kind of see what that was like. Um, and I want to go back. I can't wait. I can't wait for the games, the the panels, the cosplay, the food trucks. It's just a great time. Yeah, I am je- jealous that I can't go, and I'm very jealous that <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I really really wanted to see some of this professional. Um, I don't know this profession. I'm sure they're going to have a lot of news about the professional well, Overwatch tournament or or so- league. I'll tell you, man, if you actually, if you really want to watch the eSports stuff, the virtual ticket is $35, and it gives you access so, to every single panel that they do, everything. So what do you do? I, yeah, but you got to be live, right? It's live? Um, no, you can go back and watch stuff, because even like oh, – because if you go, you get the virtual ticket too, and that stuff stays up for a couple of weeks. I forget how long, but it's only 35 bucks. So I know you know you're going to be doing a lot of uh, of prepping for Kansas City Comic Con, but you know if you've got a you know a laptop around or something like that, and you can just have the streams going of you know the Overwatch and the Hearthstone World Championships, um, thirty five bucks you can literally watch everything that I can watch, but just from your computer. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's actually really cool. It's a good option. So for those out there who wanted to go to BlizzCon but can't quite afford it or or make it out there. 
that, that is a very good option. I, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, it's a good I may deal. take I may do that. <laughs> it, it also gives you uh, access to the convention uh, eShop sale. That's only for people who have tickets. Um, and then it also gives you the option, uh, this is more recent, I think la- last year was the first year, maybe the year before you could do this, where you can also buy the, quote, goodie bag that people who go to the convention also get as part of their experience. You can purchase it um, as part of your virtual ticket experience if you want to, um, which I also did what last year. What does that year, bag so. usually run? Um, you know, I'm actually, I'm drawing a blank because last year was the first year I had to pay for it separately. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, uh, one year it was actually, uh, there was a messenger bag, uh, that had a bunch of stuff in it last year. Uh, they had a really awesome beer stein for the 10th BlizzCon, which was really cool. Um, and you know, there's just, there's a bunch of swag in there. There's a lot of digital codes for stuff, uh, that are convention exclusive, uh, you know, skins or mounts or what have you. Um, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. So, uh, but I will uh, do my best to cover some of that. I, I'll be very busy that weekend, so we'll, we'll see what I can do. But um, yeah, it'll be hectic because the following weekend's Kansas City Comic Con. I know, I know. It's uh, if, in case you guys didn't know, I work with Buster Props, uh, make a lot of the, the the bigger props like Batman cowls and and Batgirls. So yeah, I'll be busy creating an inventory, which I can't seem to hold any inventory because it's close to Halloween right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's tough t- timing for your industry to have a stock for a convention two weeks after the holiday where even more people wear it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that, man. It's going to be crazy. Um, but it'll be a good time. And, yeah, you, uh, you'll you'll have to check it out. But, yeah, check out Buster Props. They're on Facebook, and they have an Etsy store and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure Ryan plugs. If you guys watch the other show, Ryan plugs us a lot, <laughs> one of the hosts. <laughs> all right. Um, but let's talk more about some games. So yes. one, one of the things that came out that I have not had a chance to pick up yet was uh, FIFA 18, particularly on the Switch. Yes, sir. It's awesome. Yeah? Yeah, you like it? Uh, I do. It's the first soccer or football to every other country on the planet uh, game that I've ever purchased (laughs) um, and played. I've only ever played American football games um, or, like, hockey, hockey, baseball, basketball. For some reason, I never got a soccer game before. And uh, I've played three matches so far, just one random match as uh, Sporting KC, of course, versus the Seattle Sounders. And then I've also played the first two matches – um, of the Women's International Cup, which is an entire mode in the game that is freaking sweet. It's really cool. Um, and I got to play as, you know, the uh, the USA team, which is awesome, and you can substitute players and stuff, so you can have, like, all the best women playing at the same time, even though, you know, that's not realistic, of course. But um, <laughs> So have you, have you tried the career mode yet? Not yet, not yet. Uh, that's all I've done so far. Um but uh, it, it's a lot of fun. The controls take a little getting used to because I'm used to uh, American football games, which are set up very differently. But it's it's done really well. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The, the Women's Cup is super cool because you're playing against all these other countries and everything, and there's brackets and, and all that good stuff. Uh, but I have not run into any of these weird, messed-up glitches that people are talking about online. Have you seen these? Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I've, there's been photos all over the place. So basically the 
some of the players' faces and skin gets replaced with this weird checkered graphic thing. <laughs> and they basically look like Green Man. Um, <laughs> like if you buy a Zente suit, that's just completely a suit that has a hood and everything. You're just completely smooth. You're you're green man or you're a blue man. So um, it's really weird. No, I, I, I've seen the, the, the pictures are hilarious. Some of the spots, uh, there's some where players are running and they're going up against the, that green man <laughs> type thing. Um, I, I imagine they're going to probably patch that up here any moment now. I, I mean, I would imagine, um, but uh, I, I just I haven't seen it myself. I know some people have seen it where the characters are basically as if they're like Peter Pan shadow, just like solid black, like literally black. Yeah. Um, which is weird, but I haven't seen any of that. I, I did see some probably what, what would be some frame rate issues during cutscenes, uh, you know, before the game and things like that. But I don't have another platform to compare it to, so I don't know if that's a Switch problem or a game problem. Um, well, um, they compared it. Uh, I've watched a lot of comparison videos of uh, the Switch uh, versus the PS4, and really, it's pretty comparable, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, they're still running at 60 frames per second, which is what the PS4, I don't even think the PS4 is running at. It might be running at that, um, but graphically, that's really the only difference is the graphics are uh, significantly fine-tuned on uh, the PS4, but um, there's also a, a few other modes that are available on the PS4 and Xbox One, of course, that the Switch did not get. It's kind of odd why they would take some of these modes out, um, but again, I, I've never played these modes. The only The only soccer game I've played in the past would be uh, I played World Cup, um, FIFA World Cup, and that would have been 2014, maybe 2015. I'm not sure. But that was very – it was a lot of fun. It's good times. There's nothing better than doing an online match and taking it serious like a real bracket <laughs> and uh, competing mm-hmm. So against the world. And you're actually playing against the world. So it's pretty intense. But you could still play career mode and – you know, join a team, get drafted, practice. You can still do all that stuff, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I guess since I've never played a FIFA game, I don't know what it's missing on Switch, um, you know, which which is fine. I like the idea that I can take it with me. You know, I can play it that, you know, see, wherever. That was the match made in heaven, um, and that's what I think drew a lot of people in, including myself, is people were like, holy crap, I could play this online anywhere um, as long as there's a Wi-Fi signal. I could play FIFA, and that that is freaking amazing. And you could do tabletop. You can play with a few people. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that's like for people in, in foreign countries, this is a huge deal. You know, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was uh, supposed to be their beck and call. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reviews are still still positive. Yeah, I mean, it's really enjoyable, right? I think it's a good introduction for people who have not played soccer games like me. Um, but if you if you are hardcore in, into uh, MLS and FIFA and things like that, then yeah, you may want to hold off and purchase it for you know the PS4 or the Xbox One. 
So right, right, yeah. But that's pretty much it. Um, the only other Switch news is that finally Stardew Valley has a release date. It will launch the day before this podcast comes out, uh, which is tomorrow since we're recording it on on Wednesday. And it will be uh, $14.99, and I will probably be picking that up. Uh, I might wait until I finish Cave Story Plus or SteamWorld Dig 2, so I don't continue to add to my list, but it is very high on my uh, my wish list. What, what draws you in? Because, honestly, um, I know there are a lot of people excited about it, um, but for me, <laughs> I was telling him, he showed me, for the viewer, for the listeners out there, he he sent me this. He's like, man, I'm so pumped for this. And I look at it, I'm like, this is Farmville. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. I mean, it's a farming simulator. That's true, but there's a lot of there's there's RPG aspects to it as well that make it more of a of a deep experience. It doesn't really have that social media kind of um, clickbaity style to it that the Facebook oh, games yeah. all had. Right. Uh, I like simulations. I like builders. I like, you know, SimCity and uh, different types of of simulation games. So I was also looking at Golf Story because Golf Story is is an RPG as well. That's similar graphical style. Um, And so I kind of like these kind of quiet games that don't have a lot of direct confrontation because I like those, too. Right. I mean, I just I played through the whole Gears of War franchise in 2017. So I'm not adverse to those, but it's nice sometimes to have something that's a little more chill. Yeah, I I I just want a Sim City. I just I just <laughs> want a Sim City so bad. That's it. Uh, but the last Sim City game that was uh, for PC was not that great. What I mean, if one came out for the Switch, would you not lose your shit? Oh, of course. But I mean, you're talking to a guy who <laughs> owns. I own, I think, all but one version of SimCity, and I mean, we're talking. I actually have the Super Nintendo version and the original PC version, and I have Sim Tower and Sim Earth, and you know, I'm a huge SimCity fan. But uh, basically, after SimCity 2000 with three, four, and then this this new unnumbered numbered one, they're just not as good as they used to be. Um, the new one, especially, the the map sizes are very small. It's got you know, it's online only, and there's a lot of restrictions to what you could do. They had some weird kind of ad placement in it and, and things like that. Um, so if they brought, you know, SimCity 2000 to Switch, yeah, I mean, I, I would be begging for that game to come out. Um, but if it was going to be a new SimCity, I, I would need to know a lot more about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, or they can just remaster or reboot the series and just add whole new mechanics. I wish they would do that more often. Well, I mean, the Age of Empires franchise is doing that right now, and if they did that with the SimCity games, I think that would be great, because the mechanics for those games are not particularly complicated, because, I mean, these games have been around for a long time. So if you remastered SimCity 2000, for our generation who grew up with it and all the cheat codes and keep all those in the game and all that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, even if it was for PC, forget Switch for a minute, just remaster SimCity 2000, just do it. <laughs> do it guys if you're listening make it happen we're waiting <laughs> uh, but yeah man so I think that's it for news is there anything else that you wanted to cover for that no no I hey I will uh, I will wait till you play it and you can tell me what you think of Stardew Valley because it's uh, it is a builder and that is very exciting but again I'm very I'm very selective on my games 
very selective. I get that, and it's going to be tough because so much is coming out, right? Like, I just picked up FIFA, of right. course, Super Mario Odyssey, and South Park, The Fractured Butthole, Skyrim on Switch, Doom on Switch. Um, I skipped Pokemon or uh, Pokemon Tournament DX uh, because I just don't have the time for it. You know, I picked up Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, still haven't even played it. So, you know, there's too yeah. many games right now, uh, that's for sure. Uh, that's exactly it, and like for me, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just wait for Mario uh, Odyssey and uh, Evil Within 2 this month. Um, so that's kind of where I'm like, fighting that. But you know, that I, battle. <laughs> I, do, I do travel for work, um, you know, and, and things like that. So playing Stardew Valley on an airplane or at an airport or, or something like that is a lot easier than playing, say, a Doom game. Right, and I won't be able to bring my PS4 with me, so I can't play South Park when I'm on the road or anything like that. So, you know, a game like Stardew Valley or Golf Story is perfect for me because it's just a small downloadable title that I can bring with me. I feel like it could easily be achieved on mobile. I don't know. I feel like uh, it's kind of it's kind of a waste of the Switch to put this kind of game. Like there's, I've noticed the library on Switch in general has been a lot of very basic ports, very basic things going on here. Um, there's a lot of old school ports, something that would be akin to virtual console titles, but but it's well, like not the ports we want. <laughs> you know what I mean? I it's hear, like the I hear it's you. like the ones that the Neo Geo ones that like no one ever heard of. Yeah. No, I'm with you there, but Stardew Valley is a little different. It's a little complicated from a user interface perspective, so I would not want to play it on a phone just because I think the screen size would be too small for me. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm curious to hear your review. Speaking of reviews, <laughs> I think you wanted to talk about something that you recently acquired that you should not have acquired. You were told you weren't going to acquire, but you ended up acquiring. Hey, man, I worked really hard to get this pre-order. You have no idea. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, so yeah, I got my SNES Classic, or uh, SNES Mini as some people are calling it. It is uh, officially called the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition, and I, I'll tell you this, it is so tiny, like, I know people keep saying it, I know that, but I don't think you really understand how small it is until you actually have it in your hands. Um, really? Is it, so it's like, I'm going to use this as an example, uh, a DVD. Is it about the size of a DVD, the case? It's it's smaller. Even smaller than a DVD case? Yeah, so, okay, are you familiar with the Kindle Fire TV boxes, the little black boxes? Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than those. Really? That is so <laughs> small. It is. It's really tiny. I got, um, so on uh, Twitter, I have a separate account just for gaming. It's, uh, at Dorico Monico, D-E-R-R-I-C-O-M-O-N-I-C-O, if you want to follow it. And I posted a couple <laughs> of photos, um, and it's, like, just, it's super tiny. Um, I'm going to post a few more. And I have the unboxing video on YouTube, so you can kind of see it there, too. But uh, it's just, it's super small, and um, it, it's built really well, right? Like, it looks exactly like a Super Nintendo color-wise and all that. The detail's really there. It's really a miniature. And the controls... The controllers, excuse me, are just straight out of the original. The textures are there, you know. There's like it's kind of like a, a little bumpy, just like the original was, and all that. Um, yeah, it's because they just uh, they took controllers that they had left over the years <laughs> in the factory. <laughs> yeah, that must have been it. Uh, That's cool. 
I did I did set it up and I played several of the games for fun and I mean there's some great stuff in here right like you know of course you got the big hits like Super Mario World and uh, A Link to the Past Super Mario Kart Star Fox Super Metroid uh, Castlevania Four and Donkey Kong Country um, you know things like that but there's some really like there's some great gems on here like there's Final Fantasy Three Secret of Mana Earthbound um, you know you also have Contra Three, the Alien Wars. Oh, we need to play it. We were just talking about this. Dude, the game is hard. <laughs> I know it is. It is one of the most rarest, most difficult. Dude, I remember we just talked about this. I don't know if this was during last podcast or the one before that, but yes. See, that needs to happen. We need to. I can't believe they added that one of the Contra series, which is the most obscure one. Well, but it was big for the Super Nintendo because, you know, before that they were on the regular Nintendo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like, it, so uh, it's got a great menu. Um, it's, you know, it just looks really good. There's different settings you can do where you can set it in um, CRT mode, 4x3, pixel perfect. There's these borders that you can set up. So I have mine is basically set up like the next generation holodeck from Star Trek, and it, ch- it changes colors as you play. Um, but... It is glitchy. Like every game? No, I mean, I I can't say that, right? I only played a handful. So I played, uh, I basically played a little bit, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes a piece of uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Contra 3, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World, uh, Super Punch-Out. I played some Super Punch-Out, and then, um, was that it? That might have been it. I think that's all that I, I had time to uh, to play before the podcast. So those of that number you just listed, five five or six titles, how many would you say were glitchy? Well, two of them for sure. Um, so Super Mario uh, Super Mario Kart, I was uh, just playing the the Mushroom Cup in 50cc, and I got to the ghost level. And uh, my, my girlfriend was uh, was watching, and I said, oh, maybe I'll get the, uh, the feather, and I can show you this old feather trick I was talking about because – she loves Mario Kart, but she started with the 64, and she had never uh, played the Super Nintendo version. So, you know, as luck would have it, I got a feather on the very first lap. I'm like, oh, well, that, that's nice, cool. So I, <laughs> I take the shortcut, and I go through lap two, and I immediately get another feather. And I'm like, man, that's so weird. Like, there would be plenty of times I wouldn't get a feather at all, let alone two in a row. And then, like, no, then on the you, third you can't lap, even get that. I got, wow. a, I got it again three times in a row. Which I, that's no, that's not right. I don't think that's ever happened to me before, ever. Um, Either you are the luckiest person <laughs> on the planet. So, so at first I chalked it up to, well, that's just you know weird coincidental stuff, um, you know, and whatever. But all right, so then I switched over to Super Mario World because that just pers- on a personal level is probably my favorite game of all time. I can just sit and play it. Um, you know, there's a couple of levels I can actually do with my eyes closed. Like I just I love that game. So I'm playing it, and I'm playing through it, I'm playing through it. And um, I've played it so much I've forgotten what all the levels are even called. But the, uh, the very first level of the second world, uh, at the end of the level, there's two ways to win. There's a key that's up above, uh, and then the regular way to, to beat the level. And you know, the way the game is designed is if you get all the green blocks unlocked, then you can run up this wall of green blocks, get the key, and put it in the keyhole. Cool. But, you know, you don't have to do that if you've got a feather, and especially if you have a Yoshi. You can get up there pretty easily on your own. And so I did that. I fly up there, 
and I grabbed the key, and just as I grabbed the key, I realized the keyhole is not there. What? It's just not there. I, I took a picture of it. I'm going to post that later. It just wasn't there. Um, and uh, then I'm like, well, maybe it just didn't paint, right? So I walk through the spots where it's supposed to be back and forth, back and forth. Nothing happens. It's just straight up. It is not there. So I that's weird. I jump down to finish it the regular way, and the fire plant uh, that that is supposed to be sitting there on a block is also gone, which is weird. Um, and I, I just beat the level, and I go back in. I play it a second time, and everything's fine the second time. So that's so weird. Yeah. That was actually the second thing that happened in the, uh, the second official level, which is, you know, when you start, if you go to the right instead of the left, um, towards the end of that level, there's, uh, there are some pipes that have the, uh, the apples in between, and um, there's, you know, like the pink apple, and then there's a red apple, and I was running through it, and I ate the pink apple, and after eating the pink apple, a red apple just showed up off-centered off a little bit which has never happened to me before any time I've ever played that game. So those are a little glitchy. Will it be all the that games? That sounds like a, like a difficulty setting because like, it's giving you all of the good stuff. I don't think – I mean, there's, I didn't see any settings like that, and I mean, I've played these games, those two in particular, quite a bit uh, over the years. Um, you know, and I, I've got the originals – still, and I've got them on the Wii, Wii Virtual Console, and I upgraded them to Wii U and all that stuff. Uh, never had these things happen to me before. So uh, I don't know if I, you know, you can say that all the games are glitchy. I can say that those two games that I happen to know very, very well are glitchy. Uh, but, like, you know, a game like Contra 3, I, I, I never played it before tonight, so I couldn't tell you if something had not, you know, rendered if, you know, it was supposed to. I would have no idea. Okay, so over over overall, what do you what do you rate this system? If you it's, say uh, out of ten, it's great. I mean, I, I definitely I, I give it I'll give it an eight out of ten, um, mainly because one the controller cables are still yes a little small. Um, I know they're longer than the NES Classic, and I know they come with two controllers instead of one, which is great. Uh, but they're still kind of short, and it's a very small, lightweight console, um, and. If you want to go back to the main menu or do a save point or change games or anything like that, you have to physically hit the reset switch on the console. There's no button on the controller, uh, which I know they wanted to, to be authentic, you know, like the original, but they could have thrown a button on there that was a, uh, you know, a menu button. That would have been fine. Right. Um, you know, but uh, but overall, it's, it's a great console, right? It's 21 games, one of which has never been officially released before. And some of these are really hard to get or really expensive. I mean... You know, if you want a working version of Super Mario Kart on a Super Nintendo, it's going to cost you 30, 30 bucks. Um, some of these games like Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy III, Earthbound are hard games to find. Contra 3, like you said, is a hard game to find. Yeah, very rare. So, yeah, that's... It's certainly that, worth I mean, the price. Oh, that was my next question. You think it's definitely worth 100 bucks? Well, it's not, it's not even 100 bucks. I mean, with, with tax and everything, it was 87 and change. 87. Right. So you're talking 90 no. bucks uh, for 21 games. You right. Know, you do so. the math, divide that up. I mean, you're looking at a couple bucks a game. Well, at $4 a game, right, you're looking right. at $4. $4. Right. So you figure it's, math, it's 4 bucks a game plus tax, 
right? And if you're telling me that you don't think these games are worth four bucks a piece, uh, then Super Nintendo is just not for you. So that would be my my opinion on that. That's good. So that that means it's definitely much a better purchase than excuse me a better purchase than the uh, the NES. Well, I mean, again, it's, that that might be a personal preference thing, right? The NES came with thirty games at a cheaper price. It was only sixty bucks. Um, it did come with one controller instead of two, though. But they're they're totally different games. It's a different generation of gaming. I grew up. But they're with the better Super on the NES. They're right. so much better. But that's you and me who who more grew up with the Super Nintendo. Uh, people right. who are a little bit older than us would have grown up with the NES first. And so I think that's more of a personal preference thing. I will say it'll be easier to get this one. Uh, they're continuing to produce it. Um, they're they're going to keep getting shipments in. You'll just have to kind of keep your ear to the ground, you know. So there is hope for me. There is hope for you, yeah. Um, After I, I buy all these million games that are coming out this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this is a totally separate thing. Right. This is a. Uh, this, these are classic retro games um, in one little package. But uh, but yeah, man. Uh, I think that's probably it for us, though. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Um, no, I I think we covered it. Um, hope hopefully we will have some new fun and exciting things here for our podcast on Tuesday of next week. That's right. So tune in on Tuesdays now for new episodes of Gamer Heroes. Uh, don't forget to check us out at heroespodcast.com and at heroespodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, check out my unboxing of the Super NES Classic on our YouTube channel, which you can find at our website. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, because when we reach 10 reviews, we will give away a free game. I a promise it will be something you want, whoever the winner ends up being. We'll randomly select one of you. Who have, who have left a review. It does not have to be positive, but I do want it to be honest. So don't just give us a bad review to, you know, to troll us, right? Um, we want people to, to find the show if you like it. So please do that for us. Check out all of our other shows. We now have uh, four different shows that come out four days of the week, and we've got a couple more in the workings. We cover Star Trek, movies, cosplay, video games, you name it. So uh, hopefully we've got some other stuff for you. John, I guess we'll talk next week, man. That's it, man. That covers it. All right. Awesome. You guys have a good week. We'll catch you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.